0: You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 221 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In this episode we are joined by author, investigative journalist and public speaker David Ike. David has written over 20 books and has lectured all over the world. Currently, David is the star of a new film about his life called Renegade that will be out on June 4th of this year on his website davidike.com. Let's listen to the trailer and then we'll go right into our conversation.
1: People say I talk about some weird stuff, some far out stuff. But how about that chair that you're sitting in isn't solid? How weird is that? This reality is nothing like we think it is.
2: Uh, My next guest is David Eide. He describes himself as a full-time investigative journalist searching
1: for the truth of what's really going on in the world. David, good morning. Morning, Ryan. I set out on a world speaking tour in the summer of 2016. Because I could feel that more and more people were starting to feel uneasy about the world.
0: You realise that there is a whole awakening movement around the world. At least he's giving truths out there that plant a seed. Ladies and gentlemen, can you welcome on stage David ike Thank
1: you. Thank you. Whoa. Thank you. Thank you. So I have to, have to, to be stop stopped. To one.
0: stop you telling lies.
1: It's becoming more and more of a, a challenge to find places to speak without it being cancelled. My website is blocked in schools and universities and colleges. The system is desperate to silence what I'm putting out. Why?
2: They're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. That's
0: fine. We were ridiculed beyond belief. Press camped outside the house, followed us on holidays. Yes, I know people put a lot of work into conspiracy theories, but I, I still think they're actually intellectually
1: lazy. Have you read any of my books? No. I How do you know that it's intellectually lazy? If I had not let go of this concern, what other people think, does anybody think I would have talked and written about some of the things
0: I have since? No way! When I saw what Ike is doing. Like, I was a bit jealous on him like, wow, look at what this guy's doing.
1: I love his mind. I don't know if anybody else could do it but him, actually.
0: We are in a
1: period now where speaking your truth is not just important, it's utterly crucial to where humanity goes from here. I mean, what kind of world are those kids gonna live in? If we go on as we are, but we're not going to, much as that will. Distress those that wish it to happen. Good. The world needs renegades. And it needs them now.
0: So thanks a lot for being on the podcast. No problem, mate. So for the listeners who might not know so much about you and your work, could you please give a brief rundown of who you are and what you do?
1: Well, I've been um, a what you might call investigative journalist for, uh, 30 years, um, seeking to understand how the world is controlled and who by and to what end. And, um, I've been taken into some um, amazing areas as a result of that pursuit. And, um, back in the 1990s, I was considered uh, crazy and mad and a lunatic. For the things I was saying, but what has happened in more recent times is that what I was saying and putting in the books in the 1990s is now happening daily and unfolding daily. Because um, what I uncovered was the fact that um, major society transforming events are not random, but part of an ongoing agenda or script, a process. And um, therefore, uh, once you start to uncover uh, what that process is, what that sequence of events is and where it's planned to go, you can start to um, write things in the 1990s that have subsequently happened either before now or are in the process of happening now. And, you know, the very fact that I could um, say this is the plan, and it be happening now means that the what is happening now is not random. It's by design. And uh, people need to realize that because it, world events are uh, projected or promoted, sold to us, as if they are a series of random events um, that just happen. But the ones that direct society in a particular direction of more and more centralization of power, more and more uh, surveillance and uh, control of the population and censorship are not random. They are by design and uh, what has happened uh, in more recent times is that people have seen in increasingly large numbers what I've said a long time ago is happening and they're looking at my work in in, um, unprecedented numbers now saying, well, what else is this guy saying? Uh, so that's basically, um, you know, my background.
0: What do you think is the driving force for making these plans of control? Because I'm sure the people who are making these plans, they have everything in terms of money and wealth and power already. So, uh, I mean, what would be the incentive for them, in your opinion?
1: Well, what what is the incentive of someone who has more money than they could spend in um, you know, 20 lifetimes, getting up with the sun every morning to go and make more and more money by screwing more and more people. It's a disease. The pursuit of power is is a, is a disease. The, uh, the need for power over others is a disease. And uh, this um, is not something that you can necessarily rationalize because they're not rational people, people that um, have more money than they could, you know, spend in all those lifetimes. Getting up to make more every day to the to the end of their life, just for the sake of it, um, is not a rational thing. It's it's their state of being. You know, what's rational about a psychopath? Because these people are psychopaths. Um, there's nothing rational about a psychopath. What's rational about a, a serial killer? Um, nothing. Uh, what's rational about? Um, so many psychological states nothing because they are psychological states of great imbalance so that's what we're dealing with people who are very clever in the way that they understand how to psychologically manipulate the population um but not people who have any uh what people would call soul or compassion or empathy the key word empathy with the people that suffer the consequences of their actions they want for the sake of wanting they want control for the sake of control plus of course you say you know they they have everything they want well they don't clearly otherwise they wouldn't be pursuing more and more and you know the the story the 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 picture is 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 much bigger than that much bigger than we can you know talk about in um, a short interview which is why my you know I write so many books But, you know, there is a network that doesn't just operate today, but it's operated for thousands of years, getting more and more power, gathering more and more power uh, into itself to the point now where it has enormous centralization of power over the the world in general, but still not as much as it desires and it pursues. And um, so, uh, you know, the world is controlled by this web in terms of its direction. And the whole basis of its modus operandi is controlling human perception, because if you control human perception, you control everything. You control human behavior, which comes from human perception. And human perception comes from information received. Uh, that's how people form their perceptions from personal experiences or uh, the newspapers or the 10 o'clock news or, po- or posting on Facebook. These these are the sources of information that lead to perceptions being formed, which then leads to behaviour being expressed. And uh, what we're seeing now with this uh, gathering outrageous level of censorship uh, on people who are questioning the norms and challenging the norms that we're told to believe in, um, are uh, is is exactly what you would expect because. If you want to control human perception by controlling information, you don't want someone else putting information out that challenges your information. So you want to silence it, and that's what this is all about. It's what political correctness is all about, which is nothing more than the target population um, censoring itself and um, uh, intimidating itself so that we go into this most insidious form of censorship, which is self-censorship. How many people listening to this um, interview or you know, how many people in the world now don't agree with what is happening in, in whatever area um, it may be, who are frightened of saying so because they fear the consequences of expressing an opinion that's different to the norm. So you know, this is the the world we live in now.
0: Sometimes it doesn't seem that clever to censor. I remember the Rupert Sheldrake, Graham Hancock TED Talks that were censored or banned, and they became the most watched and downloaded of all the TED Talks.
1: Well, well yes, I mean, of course, um, when people um, censor, and this is clear that this has been censored. This has been banned. I've just been banned from Australia by the Australian government. And uh, that has alerted a lot of people to the fact that Australia is not quite as free, to say the bloody least, um, as as many people thought it was. So when it's done in that um, overt way, um, it can have that effect. Yes. But most censorship is not done like that. Most censorship today, where people get most of their information, which is on the internet, is done through algorithms. Um, you know, the, the, there's, for instance, sh- what's called shadow banning, where you can post something, but the algorithms make sure it doesn't go anywhere and hardly anyone sees it. And, and most people, um, you know, are not public, um, publicly known. So when they're banned, People know about it. The vast majority, 99 point whatever percent uh, of people who are suffering censorship uh, uh, don't have a public profile of any of any uh, size. Therefore, their censorship is quietly done and no one knows about it. Um, so, uh, you know, just because you know, it doesn't work sometimes. It doesn't mean it doesn't work most of the time.
0: It's quite funny because the fact that you were banned from that country was the reason I reached out to you because I've been aware of your work and watching your talks uh, many years ago and you, know, you fell off my radar. But when I saw that, oh, I should talk to David. That would be really interesting. So it does work in this case. <laughs> it helped.
1: Because I have a public profile. But if I didn't um, uh, that censorship would have just happened. I mean, Australia bans a lot of people. It bans people on the basis of, um, going there to talk about, um, the, the, uh, downside of vaccines. Uh, and one of the reasons that was given by the, um, immigration minister for my ban was that I was, um, uh, challenging the official story of vaccines, uh, that is put out by the, um, by the pharmaceutical cartel. Um, So loads of people are banned from Australia that that no one um, uh, hears about.
0: I'm not that deep into the vaccine thing, so I might be wrong, but my uh, view, what I understand is that certain vaccines could uh, be beneficial, but these that they try to promote every year to take seasonally, those should be avoided. And also, of course, it should be the freedom to choose, not mandatory and I've noticed that, because I, I don't vaccinate myself seasonally, I never get sick, but everybody else who does, they always get sick.
1: Well, yeah, but that's a question. And that's a question that, 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 that people should ask. And, you know, I don't believe in banning information. I believe in people um, having access to all information and views possible so that they have the range of, of information to make their personal choice on what they want to believe and what they want to do because of what i said earlier about uh, our perceptions lead to our behavior and information received leads to perception what it means is if you shut down all challenges to the official story about vaccination then all that people hear is one side of the story and without uh, anything else to um get them to think otherwise, they'll just accept it. And the thing with uh, vaccination is very, very interesting because all elements of it are expressions of of the totality of um, what's happening today. First of all, um, my two sons have never been vaccinated and um, they didn't have the childhood diseases that they were supposed to be vaccinated against. Their friends who did get vaccinated did have those diseases. And so uh, th- when you have this um, this obvious blatant contradiction between people who are vaccinated getting what they're vaccinated for and people not being vaccinated not getting it, then that is such an obvious contradiction. There has to be a way of, of, of mitigating the impact of that on people. And so what they did, what they came up with was herd immunity. So, oh, no, the, the people who've been vaccinated, they've got the disease anyway because there they wasn't herd immunity. Because these people who weren't vaccinated, who didn't get the disease, um, weren't vaccinated. The ones that did get the vaccine, who did get the disease, it was because of those that didn't didn't get vaccinated. Uh, I mean, I mean, you just appear up your own backside with that nonsense. But so herd immunity has been kind of created to um, mitigate the fact that people who uh, as often who've not been vaccinated don't get the disease and people who have been vaccinated do get it. Um, and the whole um, uh, point of um, censorship, vaccinations being a, a classic example, is, is this. If I can't win the debate on facts, then don't have the debate don't have a debate you can't win stop the debate by shutting down the other side of the argument Um, if they could win the debate that they they would factually win it and say yeah there you go that's that's that that's the end of you but they don't because can't win see when you have uh, for instance um professors of biology saying that men and women are biologically different uh, and then they get fired for saying so uh, um, sometimes uh, increasingly. Um, That is an argument you cannot win. You cannot win a factual argument by saying that men and women are not biologically different because they clearly are. I mean, give, give, give someone a mirror. So what you do is you shut down the debate and you do it by um, simply hurling abuse at people who have another opinion. You call them uh, bigots and trans this and trans that when when that's not the case. I have no problem with um, people uh, saying I feel more like uh, a sex that are are different to my body. Good luck to you. It's none of my business. My problem is when it's imposed on people, when language is imposed on people and when it's... uh, um, used and manipulated in a way that that, that, that young people and children even, who um, weren't confused about their gender before, suddenly become confused because they're being manipulated to become confused. That's where I have the problem. And, and so you have this shutting down of debate that you cannot win. I mean, another reason that I was banned from Australia, according to the um, document sent to me by the immigration minister who did this off his own bat, by the way, the, 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 um, immigration ministry gave me a visa, saw no problem. I've been there 10 times with no problem. Um, back in, in, uh, September. And then in February, four hours before my flight left, the immigration minister decided off off his own initiative, um, not the ministry to, to ban me. And one of the reasons on the list was that I was, um, I was not accepting or I was challenging the official story of human caused global warming. Now, again, um, if you can't win a debate, they don't have it. You know, if, if um, you're confident of your facts, you welcome debate. You don't, you don't shut it down by hurling abuse at others and calling them deniers. You say, well, let's put our facts on the table and let's um, let's, let people make their own minds up Uh, and all over society. Now, increasingly, you see debate being shut down for the simple reason that those promoting a certain agenda for society can't win the debate so that they turn to abuse. Um, Political correctness is another example. Um, And I, I have a simple phrase. If you want to know what the agenda is, then look at what you can't have another opinion about. If you can't have another opinion about a subject without being uh, bombarded with abuse and vitriol, then whatever's being pushed on that subject is the agenda.
0: What do you, What could you say to somebody reading your books and uh, becoming very angry? Because from my own personal experience reading your earlier books uh, thinking about how people were controlling our lives and the reasons for war and all, all these things. You, as a young man, you can become very angry and anger can also be very bad for you. It's a bad energy. So how could you think about these topics and still keep a positive energy inside?
1: Well, uh, I mean, many things. First of all, I see nothing negative about finding out what's actually going on in the world as opposed to what we're told is going on. If you want a negative state, then I'll give you one. Ignorance. Because ignorance of what's going on in the world, believing in a a world and a reason for world events that actually is not true, makes you a... um, piece of cake for the few to manipulate the many because the many are giving you a fake story of the world a fake reason after reason for why events are happening they're manipulating your perceptions of the world so that you don't challenge what's going on but accept their explanation of it and in that state then a tiny few are not only going to go on Um, directing the world as it is it's meant to get more and more extreme Uh, and and it is by the day in so many areas across the spectrum of society so um, we have a choice we can um, read this stuff about what's really going on and what the agenda really is and why this is happening and that is really happening and we can say okay what am i going to do about it um or we can uh get angry and frightened and what 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 what's the use of that and i'll tell you this if people say well you know i get angry when i find out what's going on okay okay so how are you going to direct that you know anger is not necessarily a bad thing at all it's 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 how that energy is channeled anger and and um outrage can be channeled into aggression and it could be channeled into abuse, or it can be channeled into an unquenchable determination to do something about it. Uh, And in terms of, um, you know, uh, fear and um, and anger, well, let's stick around just a little bit longer and not much more. And see how extreme it gets and then see how angry and and fearful you want to get. You know, we're being taken down a a road which has a nightmare human society, an Orwellian society and then some at the end of it. And uh, we can deal with it now or we can deal with it when it's we're much further down the road and the ability to deal with it by the circulation of actually what's going on will be so much more difficult because the censorship now is not where it's meant to end. It's meant to go on and getting more and more and more extreme. And and I have this phrase, um, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. When you know what the outcome is designed to be, then you see the journey towards it in daily changes in society, laws, actions, and where this censorship is meant to end is in a situation where no one ever hears or sees anything that the system, the establishment, doesn't want them to see and hear. That's that's at the end of this, where, where there is no challenge whatsoever to the um, to the established uh, alleged norms because it's not allowed. And so every day we are we are stepping closer to that through Facebook censorship, Google censorship, Twitter censorship, Amazon censorship uh, and so on. And um, so we're going to deal with it now while we we still have the ability, at least on it's not like it was. But but at least we have some channels of communication left or when there's none left, you know, people need to need to start. Um, growing up frankly and uh, realizing where this is going and stop running away because you'll run away for so long and then eventually there'll be a wall at the end of the road and there's no more running and there's no more freedom at that point either so we need to sort it out now um, or um, it won't be sorted out
0: at all one hurdle i always think about is this concept that you can't really change a system with the same system that created the system. That's wrong. So how can you go about that?
1: Well, one of the things we need to do is to stop cooperating with our own enslavement. And one one major way now that people cooperate with their enslavement is by being intimidated into silence. People are increasingly um, uh, frightened, terrified sometimes of, of speaking their opinion and, and that's the worst kind of censorship because at least when something is censored uh, and openly censored, then there is some kind of awareness and there's some kind of debate about, hold on, why is this being censored? But once you start self-censoring, things are never just never said. Things are just never written. I mean, journalists now, I mean, you know, they've always been uh, controlled in the mainstream uh, uh, overwhelmingly, if not everyone. But now it's kind of ridiculous. They're, they're at the point now where they, they must be uh, wondering and worrying about anything they write because of the reaction. Um, and, and what happens? You don't you don't cross the line. You stay within the parameters of what is um, perceived acceptable. And what happens then, and it's happening every day, is those parameters are squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and you squeeze and squeeze and squeeze with them uh, to stay within them. And so the um, areas of opinion, the areas of reporting get narrower, narrower, and narrower as you try to, um, you know, a- avoid the consequences of crossing the line. What people like me uh, uh, do, we take the opposite Uh, view, which is we speak our truth. And if you don't like it, we'll do the other thing because I'm not really bothered. You have a right to react as you choose. I have a right to do what I do. And this is what's being lost in society. and, And if we allow it to go on being lost and to disappear, then human freedom disappears with it. It's a simple, simple philosophy which we must, if we want freedom, not be intimidated into um, uh, giving away and that is this everyone has the right to an opinion no matter what it is they have a right to that opinion and then uh, having a right to an opinion we don't agree with is actually our freedom because if people we don't agree with don't have the freedom to um, give their view then what's left is not freedom, but just the freedom to conform. And this is what freedom has become, the illusion of freedom. You know, people might say to me, journalists might say to me, uh, whatever. um, Oh, um, I never get censored. No one tells me what to write. No, of course they don't, because you're always within the parameters of acceptable um, reporting. You try going beyond them and then see what if you're censored or not. And so uh, the, the whole um, basis of freedom and freedom of speech is that everyone has it. Because if they don't, no one has it. And we must stand up for this. We must have the self-respect not to be intimidated into silence because someone uh, says that our views are not acceptable to them. Well, you know, if it's not acceptable to you. Fair enough. But don't listen to it then. But don't tell me what I can say. This is what all tyrannies do. You see, whether it's a Nazi tyranny or a Stalinist tyranny, whatever the tyranny, their first thing they want is control of information and censorship of information that would expose them or give the public another version or view of what is happening. Same. So what we're seeing is a tyranny. And unfortunately, the world is so topsy-turvy, so upside down that the tyranny is now being imposed um, by um, a a mindset known as progressive. Which is actually acting like the very um, far right tyranny that they claim to oppose. It's. It's the progressive mindset that's driving political correctness that's driving censorship. And we now have this um, this alliance almost between uh, major uh, giant companies, not least Internet companies censoring alternative views and this progressive mentality cheering them on. So um, we have gone through a process which has almost been seamless until you stop and look at it where the traditional left in politics that I grew up in that would challenge the power of corporations that would that would challenge censorship like at Berkeley university in the sixties, where there was mass marches of students demanding freedom of speech. And now the same, um, Uh, Students, not the same people, obviously, but the same students at the same universities are now going on marches and and protests, demanding that freedom of speech is taken away. And this is the process that they go through. And it's been a psychological programming of uh, multiple generations. It is this. I am right. I am right. Therefore, if I am right about whatever I say, then those who have a different view to me must necessarily be wrong. And because they're wrong, what does it matter if they have freedom of speech or not? It's wrong. They're wrong, so what's it matter? The only freedom of speech that really matters is mine because I am right. I had a uh, there was a guy in Canada who tried to shut down my meetings over many years um, who um, major uh, censorship and quote what we would call today progressive. And he said to a journalist that basically David Icke is mad. Therefore, anyone that listens to him is mad. Therefore, this was the this was the quote What is the benefit in allowing him to speak? And I came across that mentality quite a long time ago now. And I see it everywhere today, not least in this progressive mentality, um, which um, uh, believes in its own self-purity while acting like everything it rails against.
0: That's what confused me when this fake news concept came out, because ever since I was a teenager, I always viewed the news as... Uh, fake in some way. I didn't trust it anyway. And so when I started hearing this fake news, it became a sort of Trump word. Uh, so if you call the news fake you're instantly like an alt-right Trump supporter and I, I was always thinking, well, the, the news is fake. It doesn't matter who says it. You know, so, so it's a bit confusing. It took a while for me to realize that they've hijacked the word and put it in a certain agenda group.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's very simple. A number of things that have, that happened when Trump got elected, um, which can be explained. But um, and and I'm not a Trump supporter. You know, I I think Trump is as controlled as anybody. Um, and I'm certainly not uh, a Hillary Clinton or this 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 raft of of extraordinarily um, unimpressive people who who are say they're going to run for. Um, president for the Democrats. Um, I have a a lot of sympathy with one of them, Uh, not necessarily in everything she says, but Tulsi Gabbard on the basis that she has a long and um, commendable record of opposing um, wars of acquisition and catastrophe in the Middle East. Um, but, But the rest of them, whoa, I mean, what a shower. So I'm not I don't come from the 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 political left or right. I think it's just a a, a, just a a, a, um, another hoax to give us the illusion of of choice. But the fake news thing, I mean, that's very simple. When you want to censor. You have to have an excuse to censor. Once you get full blown tyranny, you're not you you don't you just do it. But 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 when there's you're trying to sell the illusion of freedom and, quote, democracy, you have to find an excuse. So they're finding them now um, over and over and over again. And when um, Trump got elected, um, they said that uh, he got elected because of fake news and the fake news was the alternative um, media. So we must stop fake news. And then they had the whole Russian nonsense which again started immediately after Trump was elected. Uh, And so that was used. Well, Russian fake news, fake news, this fake news is destroying society. We must stop fake news. So right up to present time, you've got this process now, not least through uh, censorship of um, censoring uh, information on the basis of its fake news when it's often demonstrably factually correct. It's just the wrong opinion and the wrong information that would get people to think differently to what they're supposed to think. Uh, You then uh, have had um, uh, political correctness used constantly as an excuse to censor the circulation of information. And when um, when you look at what political correctness is. It's basically persuading people they are victims and then saying you must protect the victim. And therefore, the more people you can persuade are victims over more and more subjects, like I'm a transgender victim, I'm a this victim, I'm a that victim, the more excuses you are uh, accruing with each new victim definition to censor, and, and this is what's happening. That you know, the, the people are constantly encouraged to be outraged, to be uh, to be a, have an identity of being a victim, a victim of, of society, a victim of white supremacy, whatever. And at that, um, at that point, the more and more of these victims you can accrue across more and more subjects, the more excuses you've got to censor, to say, no, you can't say that anymore because someone's upset by it. You can't say that because they're upset by it. Well, let them be upset. You know, I'm, up, you know, I'm not upset by, by the 30 years of abuse that I've had and continue to have. Because I would rather be a victim of a, I'm not a victim, I'm not, absolutely not, wrong word. I'd rather be the target of abuse and free speech be available to everybody than to have uh, the abusers silenced and on that basis destroying freedom of speech for everybody. Instead of, this is not one of the uh, point. Instead of encouraging people to be victims and upset, and that's what is happening for reasons I've explained, more victims, more censorship. We should be um, working with children and young people to be not victims, but to have such self-security in and of themselves that you can hurl anything at them and it won't affect them instead of developing weak people weak people emotionally not least we should be working to build strong emotional people that are not affected by the stuff that gets thrown at them and the slings and arrows of life but if you do that you start removing the number of victims you start removing the number of excuses you've got for censorship and anyway You don't want strong emotional people. You don't want uh, uh, people who say, I'm not having it. I'm not having, you know, what's being imposed on on me. I'm not going to um, cooperate with my own enslavement. You want weak people because weak people then look at other uh, look outside of themselves to things like authority to protect them. From what they're they've been manipulated to be a victim of or oh, stop them doing it what we should be doing is getting people into a state of emotional strength and self-security where they don't bloody care if they're doing it, it don't affect them you know i i get this i've had historic levels of abuse and ridicule i mean does it look like it's affected me no you keep speaking your truth uh, because you know, if someone says something different,
0: well, that's their right. So you've recently made a film. Could you talk a bit about that?
1: Yeah, well, I didn't really make it. I was, I was just, I just took part in it, really. It was made by an American company. And um, it's a full-length uh, feature film about my life. It's called Renegade. Um, and the reason I did it is because what the film does, I didn't have anything to do with the editing, but I've seen it. What the film does is it it takes my life as a theme, but it's basically packed with information about what's really going on in the world. Um, And uh, I'm I'm hoping that it will uh, have um, the effect of getting a lot more people that wouldn't have seen what I'm doing before to realize that actually maybe the world's not like we've, we've been told it is. And it covers a, a, a spectrum of things from world events to the nature of reality and, and all the things that I, I talk about. And um, it's going to be available on June the 4th. There's some premieres. There's one in, um, in Los Angeles. There's one in uh, New York, uh, one in London, in England, and one in Manchester. And details are on my website, davidike.com. And I'll be very interested to, to see what effect it has, because the, the whole point of everything I do, the whole point of me getting up in the morning is to, um, is to challenge this, um, this perceptual uh, program that if it's not challenged and unraveled, it's going to take humanity down, a, it is doing already, down a very dark and very um, unpleasant road. And my children and my grandchildren have to live in that world. You know, I'm 67 and I'm going to be around for a long time yet, but I ain't going to be around as long as them. I'm going to be a lo- around as long as um, as little babies today and young people today. And what I'm doing, what I'm really doing this for is them. Because if people think it's bad now in terms of censorship, control, surveillance, what the heck is it going to be like for them in their lives going through the decades and decades and decades ahead. So that's what motivates me. And, um, you know, bring the abuse on, I don't care. Um, I I care about what's happening and I care about people knowing what's happening so we can do something about it. Everything else is detailed to me.
0: Is it possible to watch this film online later on?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, June the 4th it will be available online. And and then, you know, it will... uh, you know, all the different outlets they have today, I don't follow them all, but of course the people behind it do. Um, it will be um, uh, widely available then um, after uh, after June the 4th. Uh,
0: finally, I want to ask, um, if if your name comes up in a conversation and people have not read your books or listen to your talks. They have some preconceived ideas about what you stand for. And one thing that they never bring up is, because obviously because they haven't been watching you closely, is that you do speak a lot about uh, love. And uh, that's always downplayed by the people who, uh, you know, don't like you. (laughs) Uh, So that's quite funny, I think, that they always focus on, you know... Angry conspiracy theories, but yeah, but he usually speaks a f- few hours on love in his long talks. <laughs> but you see, you've you used
1: a very important phrase there preconceived idea. The, the, the whole of humanity, uh, we're well, not everybody, and it, and it is changing. You know, people are waking up. I've never seen it like this in these numbers before around the world, but still, a, a, a vast majority of humanity is imprisoned by preconceived ideas about everything. And, you know, people say something, and you say to them, well, how do you know that? Oh, well, everyone knows that. Well, I don't know that. In fact, I I think something different. So there's less than everyone. Now, where did you get it from? And they'll get it from some external source. Have you checked it? Do you know that's true, or are you just accepting it on face value? Well, it's almost, entirely on face value and you know the the Nazis said you know the bigger the lie keep repeating it the more we'll believe it so what people need to do if they have self-respect and they want to know what's going on in the world um, is to put down the preconceived ideas and and look again at situations and see what the evidence is what the facts are and yes you're absolutely right Um, I talk about Um, Consciousness, the nature of reality, who we are, not the body, not the the labels we give ourselves and are given um, all our lives, but the consciousness that's having the experiences which we give labels to. Uh, I'm, I'm labeled David Icke. That's not who I am. That's an experience. What I am is the consciousness having that experience. I'm called a man. That's not who I am, that's an experience that my consciousness is experiencing. And these are transitory experiences that we give labels to and then self-identify with. And once you self-identify with the labels, then you have all the fault lines of divide and rule. This this religion against that religion, this political belief against that political belief, this race against that race, and so on. And it all comes from self-identifying with labels. Whereas what we are is points of attention. I would suggest in the same infinite stream of consciousness having different experiences. And that's, that's what I talk about in in, at great length and in great detail and all the things that come from that. And the fact that, that, um, yeah, love is the answer because we have so much unloving things going on in the world. Which lead to unloving actions. And effects. Like wars and conflicts and abuse. But what is love? You know. That's, that's probably the most misunderstood word of all. Because you know love is. Perceived so much as a physical attraction. When. That's a physical attraction. You see true expressions of love in friendship, for instance, you know, you can have a partner who you are uh, physically attracted to who will eventually turn on you and walk away or cause you problems because the attraction dies. But a friend is always there no matter what that great line about a friend is someone who walks in the room when everyone else is walking out. A friend says, "I don't agree with what you've done necessarily, but I'm your friend. So, how can I help you?" That's that's true uh, expression of love compared with uh, you know other forms of relationship. I would suggest. And what is love? Is it um, "I love you, darling," and 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 you know I, I send you uh, roses on the right day because it's in my diary. Or is love doing what you believe to be right? No matter what the consequences for you. And, you know, people might, might say, Oh, you're saying this, you're saying that that don't sound like love. Well, hold on a minute. The fact that I'm doing it is an expression of that. Because when I started out 30 years ago, um, and started going into, information that I knew when I made it public, I would get enormous ridicule and abuse. I did it anyway. And I did it anyway because I don't want the world to go on being what it is, and I certainly don't want it to go where it's planned to go for the young generations who will have to experience that full-blown. And so you get up every day to try to make a difference. And that's an expression of love. In, um, in the sense of, I don't have to do it. I could live out my life quietly and not take abuse and not take ridicule, but I do it because I believe in the fact that it needs doing. So love takes many, many um, expressions. It's like courage. You know, you look at physical courage, You look at the extraordinary things that troops do in battle. Enormous feats of courage, putting their lives at risk to help a a, a colleague or whatever. And that is that is an amazing thing, physical courage. But there's another form of courage, which I don't know what you might um, call it. Emotional courage. I don't know which so many people with physical courage don't have, but it's just as important many ways, more important because for instance, you you will have a soldier who will do an amazing feat of physical courage to save a, a friend who will be terrified of saying something that another soldier with more lines on their arms um, won't like. You'll go, you'll go into battle. You'll do amazing things of physical courage, but you're terrified of the um, of upsetting someone with more lines on their arms than you have, superior officers or whatever. And you see this um, in society in general, where people will do feats of physical courage, but be terrified of taking on the system. Not in a physical way, but in a in a another way that says, I'm not having it. I'm not standing for this. No, no, I'm not not going to say that because you tell me to. You you tell me not to say it. I'm going to say it louder. That's another form of courage, which is different from physical courage, but, but fundamentally, I would say more important, especially now, where we need people to stand up with that emotional courage and say, not having it, not having it, not standing for it. And if enough of us come together like that, then this house of cards will come down because that's what it is. You have 7.7, I think it is now, billion people in the world. The number of people who are directing it and controlling the lives down to the fine detail now of people's lives of the 7.7 billion are a tiny infinitesimal fraction of the human population. And they can continue to do that because they divide and rule the human population. So we're so busy fighting each other. That we don't challenge what's actually behind it all. And that kind of courage is fundamentally necessary now. Where we say things that we know might upset people. Or we might, or we might get um, abused for. But we say them anyway because we believe they're right. That's the courage we need now. And if enough people have it, then this, this house of cards can come down.
0: Great. Uh, Thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to me. Pleasure, mate. If you're listening to this podcast as it came out, don't forget to check out Renegade on June 4th of this year, 2019. If you're listening in the future, you can watch it right now. Just go to Davidike.com. Now, if you want to support the podcast, please do so by sharing it in social media or leaving a nice review on iTunes, or even better, becoming a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash alchemist. That would really help and be much appreciated. For more on the podcast, simply go to naturalbornalchemist.com. Now we are going to close this episode with Martin Noakes' track, We Are Not Alone, featuring David Icke. Next week, we are going to have another look at ayahuasca and shamanism. There's plenty more to cover on that topic, I think. I hope you stick around. See you in a week. Freedom is in the mind.
2: United States. Thirty-three of those forty-two are genetically related to England's King Alfred the Great and Charlemagne, the great monarch of France. Nineteen are genetically related to England's King Edward III. There is something which is very, very important to these people to do with the blood. George Bush and Barbara Bush are the same bloodline. The aliens aren't coming. They've been here for thousands of years. We are not and the stone circles are phenomenally connected to star systems, to natural cycles, to the precession of the equinoxes. There was advanced knowledge in the ancient world. Look at the pyramids. Look at some of the great structures of the ancient world. Primitive people are going to do that. The key intervention was after the last cataclysm. Look where all the major religions came out of. This same area of the world. Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Islam. over thousands of years for the complete takeover of planet earth by certain bloodlines this is why the ruling families of the world have always incessantly interbred with each other you know what diana's nickname for the windsors was the reptiles and the lizards she used to say in all seriousness they're not human it is not snobbery it's about holding a genetic structure people have been controlling the world for a
1: very 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 long time we are not alone